0: Welcome to the Fielder Church Podcast. Our church inhales and exhales the gospel every Sunday and is excited to bring our messages to you here. Thank you for joining us and we hope God moves in your life as you listen into this feed. Do you ever get the sense that you're just one step away from being happy? Like if you just had that one thing, you would be totally happy. Maybe it's uh, the job that you so desperately need. You know that if you had that job, you would be happy. Or, or maybe it's uh, being with that person that you want to be with. That you know that if you were with that person, you would be happy. Or, or maybe it's hearing uh, better news from the doctor. Like if you visited the doctor again and he gave you better news, then you would be happy. Uh, do you ever get that sense that just one, that one thing will make you happy? I think we, we all go through that from time to time. In fact, there are some of you who are thinking, man, if Pastor Jason was preaching today instead of Pastor Enid, I would be happy. Uh, there, there's always a moment in our lives that we wish uh, we, we, we had something. And, and if we had that one thing, we would be happy. Uh, maybe it's a promotion at work. Maybe it is a nicer house. Maybe it's a newer car. Maybe it's uh, just losing a few pounds. Maybe it's gaining a few pounds. Maybe for you, it's uh, getting into the college that you want to get or having uh, more followers on Instagram. We always are in this pursuit of of happiness. And many times we feel like we're just one step away. It's almost like we can see it and, and we can almost reach it, but it's so close yet so far. It's just that one thing. Maybe, maybe you're actually feeling that way right now. Maybe you know exactly what you need and you're just asking God to give it to you right now because you know that if he was to give it to you, you would be happy. And if, if you're feeling that way today, uh, I believe God has a message for you. He, he, he wants to speak into your heart today. And I pray that he does. And even if you're not feeling that way right now, I, I think you need to listen in because it is only a matter of time before you feel that way. because. All of us, human beings, go through those uh, emotions from time to time. Today, we're going to continue our series uh, looking at the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. And we're going to be looking specifically at chapter 6, verses 3 to 10. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open it there. And while you look for the text, let me remind you that we've been studying this letter chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And uh, uh, as we study the letter, there's been two things that have just been mentioned multiple times. Uh, One of them is false teachers, and the other one is this thing that Paul called the, the mystery of godliness. Now, uh, today we're going to see why Paul made such a big deal about these false teachers, why he wanted Timothy to teach people to stay away from them, and also why he, he wanted people to focus on this mystery, the mystery of godliness. And I believe we're going to find the, the, the secret to true happiness. So let me start by looking at verses uh, 3 to 5. Let's read it together. It says this. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now, I think the context to these words is absolutely important for us to be able to understand the words better. So allow me to remind you that in chapter 5, Paul uh, taught that the church should be one big family united in the one thing that makes us one, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He also taught that that church family should honor and should support and sustain the leaders of the church, the pastors of uh, the church. And the idea was that those pastors could focus on on, on living a Christ-centered life so that they could leave others to live a Christ-centered life. It was so that they could live for Christ's sake, so that they could teach others how to live for Christ's sake. Now, uh, the reason why uh, Paul starts the way he starts here, saying that if anyone teaches something different, is because there was a problem in Ephesus. Uh, Ephesus was uh, saturated by materialism. And in Ephesus, there were also uh, some people who were eloquent speakers, and and they would use this skill to, to earn money. And uh, because some of the eloquent speakers saw how generous the church was being to uh, the leaders of the church, they began to teach in the church, but they were teaching for all the wrong reasons. They were in it for their own good. They were in it as a means of gaining something. It was uh, more a job than a call to them. They were there because they wanted to gain something, not necessarily because they had been called by God. So when Paul says, if anyone teaches something different than this, he is not doubting the existence of false teaching or false teachers. Instead, he's actually calling them out. What he wants to do is to show Timothy the characteristics of a false teacher. He wanted Timothy to know what a false teacher looked like so that he could teach the congregation to identify those false teachers. And in verses 4 and 5, he actually gives us three clues of what a false teacher looks like. The the first thing that he said is that they're puffed up with conceit. That word conceit means that it's just kind of consumed by by themselves. They're just so prideful that it's all about them. So one of the clues uh, to find a false teacher is is who is at the center of their teaching. These teachers, even though they sounded good and they uh, said some pretty uh, appealing things, uh, the teaching was more focused on, on earthly things or on themselves than it was about God. Remember, they live for themselves instead of living for God. They, they didn't live for Christ's sake, so uh, their teaching was more about themselves. Again, a clue uh, to find out if a teacher is a false teacher is just to see who's at the center of their teaching. If it's themselves and they're elevating themselves to look good and, and for people to admire them, or even if it's other people aside from Christ, then that teaching is most likely a false teaching. The second thing that he says is that these false teachers also lack biblical knowledge, spiritual knowledge. He says they understand nothing, is what he said. And what he means is that even though their, uh, their speech may sound pretty and, again, appealing to the ear, it might sound good, it, it was actually a superficial, empty message message. When you heard the teaching, it it was just not consistent with scriptures, consistent with the teachings of Jesus Christ. And they didn't know scriptures very well. And I think that's true still today. False teachers, uh, they don't really uh, dig into the Word of God. They usually don't teach scriptures in its cultural or historical context. Uh, they also don't go through books of the Bible verse by verse or chapter by chapter. They usually uh, teach some some truths and some things, and they sprinkle those things with with some Bible verses to kind of support uh, their ideas. So the, their teaching is kind of superficial. They lack uh, understanding and biblical knowledge. And the third thing that he said is that these people they have a, a, a desire, a craving for controversy and for, for quarrels. And so uh, what they do is they lead people to, to discussions and, and, and to controversy with other people. So because their teaching is centered on themselves or other human beings instead of Christ, and because they don't dig into the Word of God to teach people how to live a, a life that is centered in Jesus Christ, then they cannot lead people to live godly lives. Instead, they, they do the opposite of that. Because they live for themselves, they lead other people to live for themselves. And when a lot of people are living for their, themselves, all that do is create Chaos and controversy. That's why he said what he said towards the end of, of verse 4. He said that their teaching produces envy and dissension, and slander and evil suspicion, and constant friction and more among people. So, so that's what their teaching produces. So the reason why Paul was so concerned about these false false teachers in the church is because they were uh, pushing people away from the life that God wanted for them. And therefore, they they were pushing them away from a true, happy life. They were teaching people to live for themselves instead of living for Christ. And that's not where you find happiness. In fact, they they themselves and, and those that follow them, saw godliness as a means of gains is what he says at the end of chapter 5. In other words, they look at God as a way to get what they wanted so that they could be happy. They, if they did pursue God, it's so that God could give them what they wanted because they thought they knew what would make them happy. And, and so they asked God for these things. And it meant what Paul says in the next few verses is that when you look at God as a means to get what you want, that is a very dangerous road. In fact, he he actually says that it's a path that leads to ruin and to destruction. I I want you to see in verses 6 through 10, He says this. Now, there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these things, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You can see clearly right here in verses 9 and 10. Paul says that, that those that follow such teaching, that they're on their way to destruction, that they fall into the temptation, that they, they will continue to pursue these things and never truly find happiness. When they think that, that happiness comes from things of this world and they use God to get those things, they're going to end up in destruction. In fact, the imagery that that is used here is that of uh, like a a trap that is set for an animal, and that animal is lured in. Something attracts the animal until they fall into the trap, and then they are going to end up in death, in destruction. That's kind of the imagery that Paul is using right here in verse 9. And what he's saying is that the, the teaching that says that happiness can be found in things of this world, the, the teaching that says that you live for yourself, pursue the desires of your heart, is it, a teaching that is similar to that. It will lure you in, it's attractive, but it's a trap that will lead you to destruction. That's also why he said that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Because he knows that money will never be able to satisfy the needs and the, and the void that we have in our hearts. And uh, man, I think we need to pay attention to this. Uh, maybe if you go to Fielder Church, you're saying, "Man, and I, I go to Fielder, and by God's grace, I feel like Fielder. We teach Christ-centered messages. We're a gospel-centered church. And, and and if that's you, praise God, right? But you're gonna think your temptation is gonna be to think, well, because I go to Fielder and because we teach Christ-centered messages, then. I'm safe. I should not worry about this, and this message does not apply to me. Well, yes and no. Allow me to explain what I mean. I work closely with our lead pastor, Pastor Jason, and I know that even though he's not perfect, he is truly committed to sound doctrine and to gospel-centered teaching. So if you do go to to Fielder Church, then yes, you should feel safe and confident knowing that the pulpit at Fielder Church will not be used to lure you into into false teachings. But that doesn't mean that you will not be affected by false teaching. Because uh, here is the deal. Uh, You have other voices that are speaking into your life. And you and I, we live in a world that is as saturated with materialism as Ephesus was. You and I constantly hear the same false message that says that happiness can be found in things of this world. You and I constantly hear the same message that said it, that if we have more, that if we try harder, that if we gain a little more, then we will be happy. It's in the songs that we listen to. It's in the movies that we watch. It's in our news feeds. It's absolutely everywhere. We're constantly fed this idea that happiness can be found in the things that this world offers. And I think that uh, many of us may have believed this lie more than we would like to admit. And the reason I, I know that is because of what we're going through right now. So uh, uh, COVID-19 has brought a lot of changes to us. And if we're honest, the truth is that, that we don't like it. That we don't like the uncertainty that this is bringing. And, and mostly because uh, many have lost their jobs or because we have lost our jobs or, or maybe uh, they've reduced hours at work or, or maybe because of the stock market is going crazy. COVID has brought just some stability that we don't like. And I wonder, I just wonder if uh, this is an opportunity for us to check our hearts and to see where we're putting our hope, to see if we are believing this lie, this false teachings that says that, that happiness comes from, from money or what money can buy. And I know that's hard to hear, but I, I wonder if. At the same time, this is an opportunity for us to understand the true secret to happiness. Because here's what you need to understand. Uh, There will always be a bigger house. There will always be a nicer car. There will always be somebody with more followers. There will always be somebody prettier. There will always be somebody healthier. There will always be a pound that you can lose or gain. There will always be something else. So the things of this world cannot make you happy. So maybe God is allowing us to go through this season so that we can understand the true secret to happiness. You say, Ender, okay, well, tell me what that is. I want to know. Well, by God's grace, Scripture teaches constantly all over Scripture where we can find true happiness, true contentment. And this passage is one of those passages that teaches that. Specifically in verses 6 and 8, or 6 through 8. We already read them, but I I want us to read them together again. Look at 6 through 8 again. It says this. Now, There is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with this we will be content. So Paul says, Yeah, yeah, there is great gain. But the great gain, that that happiness, that thing that we're looking for, that, that void that we have in our hearts can be filled with one thing. And he says, Is godliness? with contentment. And that godliness is the same mystery of godliness that he's been talking about in the entire letter. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But first, I want us to focus on that word contentment. That word is key for us today. It's the word austerkia in the Greek. And that word means it's, it's used to, uh, to refer uh, to uh, a peace and a joy that is completely independent from the external circumstances. In other words, it's somebody who experiences joy and experiences peace and rest in spite of whatever might be going on outside of them. Health-wise, financially, whatever it might be, they still experience peace and joy. So, so what he is saying here is that, that true happiness, the great gain that we're looking for, is found not in material things, not in financial things, not in things of this world, but rather in, in godliness with contentment, that word that I just told you about and that contentment comes from the godliness that he has talked about so what what Paul is teaching us here is that the secret to happiness is not having more. The secret to happiness is having one person. What he's pointed us as is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he wants us to understand is that the secret to happiness is not found in what God can do for us. The secret of happiness in, is found in what God already did for us. And what he's pointed at is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he wants us to understand is that God already did all what we needed him to do. What he's pointing us at the fact that the gospel of Jesus Christ is all we need. Because if we have the gospel, we have God. And if we have God, we have absolutely everything that we need. Think about the message of the gospel for a moment. The message of the gospel is the message that says that, yes, indeed, we have a void in our hearts And the reason we have a void in our hearts is because we have sinned, we have disobeyed God. And because we have sinned and disobeyed God, we are separated from God. And if we're separated from God, then that means we're separated from our creator. And if we're separated from our creator, there is no way we can be happy. And we can try to fill that void with whatever we want. You name it, we can try and try and try, but it will never work. The message of the gospel also says that that same God is a gracious, merciful God. So he made a way for us. He took on flesh. He became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. And then he lived a perfect life, the perfect life that you and I could not live. And then he offered that perfect life as a sacrifice for us. He died on a cross to pay for my sins and to pay for your things. The very thing that separated us from God, he died on a cross to pay for them so that we could be connected, we could be restored in our relationship with our creator again the most beautiful thing is that he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead and demonstrated that he defeated sin and he defeated death and he gave us an eternal hope. He allowed us to believe and have confidence that even if we don't have everything that we want in this world, one day we'll be in eternity with God in a perfect place where there is no pain, there is no sorrow, there is no suffering, there is no COVID, there is no financial crisis, there is no bills to pay. There is absolutely none of those things that rob us from the happiness that we're looking for. So, if we have Jesus Christ, then we can have contentment, we can have peace, we can have joy because we know this world is not all there is to it. There is something better, and Christ has paid the price so that we can attain that very thing. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is what Paul wanted the Ephesians to understand. And I believe that is exactly what God wants us to understand. Listen, happiness is not found in anything that this world can offer. Happiness is not found in asking God to give you the things that you want. Happiness is not found in what God can do for you. It is found in what he already did for you. It is found in the cross where Jesus paid for your your sins and gave you access to eternity with him. I know this because it is taught all over scriptures, from beginning to end. And I know that this is true because I've have, I have seen it in my own life. There was a season in my life when I, I believed the lie. And I tried absolutely everything that this world could offer so that I could be happy. And I worked hard and, and, and I tried to earn money so that I, I could buy my happiness, so that I could buy my contentment. And, and it was never enough. And I tried relationships and I tried partying it up and I tried all these things. And even though I pretended to be happy, I was miserable. I I was so desperate to find that thing that I even left my country and I moved to this country because I knew that if I would make more money, if I would make dollars instead of the money from my country, then I would be happy because it was worth more. And then here I found myself away from everything and everyone I knew and I found myself lonely, and I found myself desperate, and I found myself knowing that even though I had some of the things that I thought would give me happiness, I was still miserable. But God in his mercy, in his grace, he sent someone to give me this good news that I just told you about, to talk to me about the secret of happiness and contentment, to talk to me about the godly life that God wanted me to live, to talk to me about the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay for my sins, that I was miserable because I had sinned and sin separated me from God, but that God had made a way for me, and that way it was Jesus Christ when he died on a cross to pay for my sins. The moment I believed that message, the moment I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, my life began to make sense. My external circumstances didn't change. I was still at away, I was still uh, kind of at a loss. But man, I experienced peace and a joy that I cannot explain to you other than telling you it is real. And there are some of you who are looking for that right now. Maybe you are desperate, and you have been trying to find contentment, find happiness everywhere, and you have tried a better job, and you have tried relationships, and you have tried alcohol, you tried drugs, you have tried all these things, and you know you haven't found it. You still have that void in your heart. The reason why you still have it is because Jesus Christ is the only one that can fill that void in your heart. Maybe today is the day that you need to be humble enough to surrender your life to Christ, to understand that you have sinned and that sin separates you from God and to trust in what Jesus did on the cross to be what brings you contentment and brings you happiness. To stop trusting anything that this world can offer and start trusting in Jesus Christ. And if that's you, I want you to know that you can do it right there where you are. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and tired and I will give you rest Paul taught that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we can be saved. So right there where you are, you can just cry out to God, ask for forgiveness. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and he will forgive you. And I can't promise you that your external circumstances will change, but I will promise you that we'll, you will experience contentment. You will experience joy and peace in spite of the external circumstances. And if that's you, we want to walk this journey with you. The journey of faith is a journey to be lived in community, and we want to partner with you in that. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, would you let us know? And the way to let us know is you you send a text message with the word next step to the number 94253. Or you can go to our website, filter.org and slash uh, next step, and, and you can just fill out the short form that is there. And one of us pastors will contact you and reach out to you and will help you in this journey of knowing Jesus Christ and growing in your faith. So you can live a godly life, find contentment in Christ and experience what you're looking for. Now, I know many, many of you are, are believers of the gospel already and maybe you're still experiencing unrest because of everything that is going on right now. I mean, I hear you. Just this week, we're trying to make decisions as a church. And I'm watching Pastor Jason lead. And, man, you pray for him because decisions are hard. And and, and we're all trying to support him. And we're trying to seek God and see what is best. And, and man, it's hard to sleep at night knowing that we have to make all these decisions that affect all these people. And this week, as I I was just wrestling through all, all this, God took me back to the moment when I understood the mystery of godliness. To the moment when I believed the gospel for the first time and he reminded me of this peace and this joy that I felt in spite of the circumstances around me. I mean, if you're a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then I also want to remind you of that moment. I want to remind you of what you felt when you knew that your sins were forgiven and whatever may happen on this earth, you know that you have an eternity secure in our mighty God also want to remind you that if God was willing to give his precious son for you, then you can trust that he can give you what you need on this earth. In fact, if you are in need as a church, we want to partner with you. We want to help you. That's why if, when this season started, we immediately created a way to help those in need. Because we know that if we have what we need on this earth, and we have the gospel, then we have contentment. So if you're in need right now, we want to know so that we can help you. Would you you let us know? The way to let us know is just text the word need to the number 94253. And just fill out that form and we will help you. But I I also want to just remind you of the promises that we find in the word of God. I want to remind you that, that God is for us. That, that even though we're facing difficulty, it, He wants what is best for us. doesn't mean that He's going to give us what we want, but He's going to give us what we need. And even if we don't get what we want, or even if we have some needs on this earth, we have a place in eternity with Him. Because Christ died on our cross, and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. I want to read a, a passage in Romans to you that you probably are familiar with. But I I want those words to, to kind of be in your heart today. If you're a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you know that these promises are true for you. Let me read Romans 8, 31 through 39 to you. It says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how he will not also, with him, graciously give us all things. Who shall bring any charge against God elect? It is God who justified. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God and who is indeed interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? Or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we're being killed all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And no, he says, There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, not even COVID or the consequences of COVID. So if you're a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then I want to invite you to remember what Christ did for you on the cross. I want you to remember that our happiness and our contentment doesn't come of what God can do for us. It comes from what God already did for us. And the best way that we can remember that is by taking the Lord's Supper by taking the bread and taking the cup. Because when we take these two elements, we remember that Christ gave his body for us. We remember that he spilled every bit of his blood so that we could be forgiven. And we remember that if he was willing to do that for us, then we can trust that he is going to take care of us, even in the midst of this this situation. So if you're a believer of the gospel, I wanna invite you to prepare the elements and also to prepare your heart. To prepare your heart, reminding yourself that we ought to li- build our lives not on things of this world, but rather in Jesus Christ, our cornerstone. Our worship team is going to lead us in a song that reminds us of that. Then after we sing that song together, Pastor Jason is going to come. And he's going to lead us into taking the Lord's open. And we will remember... Where our hope is found. We will remember the secret of happiness, godliness with contentment. What God already did for us when Jesus died on the cross. Let's sing together.